Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. So good. So good. So good. Um, today we are going to chat about Second First Impressions by Sally Thorne. But first, mom, what have you been reading and watching? Well, reading, I did read um, a book called What the Devil Knows. It's a Sebastian St. Cyr book. I love these freaking books. This is number 16 in the series. Dang. Who's the author of those? Um, C.S. Harris. Okay. And if you like uh, like romantic suspense, it's not really a romance. I wouldn't consider it a romance. There is romance in it, but it's not a romance. Um, especially early on, the early books. But uh, Is it kind of Victorian set? Very Victorian set. Well, like 1811, I think this one took place. But the thing that's really cool about these books is everything that takes place in it, I mean, they're fiction, but they're set against real events that really happened. And it's super interesting to learn all that history. Mm -hmm. And um, they're just really well, well written. He's, you know, I mean, he's super dishy. And I don't know if you'd call him dishy, but... I think he's dishy. <laughs> anyway, I love these books. And they, there's always a new one every spring. And, you know, God bless her. And uh, so I just read the 16th book in that series. Yeah. You've been diehard with that series. Yeah. I love that series. Um, and then I read Second First Impressions. Um, I didn't read anything else this week. We had... My cousin's been in town. Um, and so... I had to hurry and read Second First Impressions before she came out. Um, and then while she was here, we did a lot of rewatches. We did a lot of rewatches because she hadn't seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. She's been living under a rock. Yeah. So, of course, she needed to, our help to see the light. Um, we watched Bridgerton, um, which is, it was, um, that was actually my first, like, full rewatch. Rewatch. Um, and it holds up. Actually, I think I appreciated it more, like second time around. Um, I just think it's a really good adaptation of those books. And it was kind of fun to, you know, uh, watch it with somebody who doesn't have any skin in the game. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't know the books at all. And... Yeah. Um, and then we did a rewatch of Ted Lasso, which is like my fourth rewatch of that show. So um, but still love it and still is great and still will always... It's just such a feel-good romp. Yeah, it really is. Um, and, uh, I've got her watching Miss Scarlet and the Duke. She's actually watching it right now while Even we're- Even as we speak, literally. <laughs> while we're, while we're recording. Um, and we also watched Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, which you have to always say it like that. Um, which is, again, stupidest, silliest movie, but it's a good time. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we've, we've had a good, it's been a good weekend though. Like, we've been- Getting to see a lot of family with her here and hanging out and stuff, so it's been good. Yeah. Um, okay. Today we are chatting about Second First Impressions by Sally Thorne. It is her third book. Maybe you've heard of her smash debut, The Hating Game. Which Wait, what? There's a book called The Hating Game? What? And people like it a lot? What? Um, hopefully that movie is coming out soonish. I imagine sometime I'm ready this for year. It. Let's yeah. bring it. Um, okay, here is the back cover description for Second First Impressions. 
Ruthie Madonna has worked the front desk at the Providence Luxury Retirement Villa for six years, dedicating her entire adult life to caring for the villa's residents, maintaining the property with an assist from DIY YouTube tutorials, and guarding the endangered tortoises that live in the villa's gardens. Somewhere along the way, she's forgotten that she's young and beautiful and that there's a world outside of work until she meets the son of the property developer who just acquired the retirement center. Teddy Prescott has spent the last few years partying, sleeping in late, tattooing himself when bored, and generally not taking life too seriously. Something his father, who dreams of grooming Teddy into his successor, can't understand. When Teddy needs a place to crash, his father seizes the chance to get him to grow up. He'll let Teddy stay in one of the on-site cottages at the retirement home, but only if he works to earn his keep. Teddy agrees. He can change a few light bulbs and clip some hedges. No sweat. But Ruthie has plans for Teddy, too. Yes, she does. Her two wealthiest and most eccentric residents have just placed an ad, yet another, seeking a new personal assistant to torment. The women are 90-year-old, four-foot-tall menaces, and not one of their assistants has lasted a full week. Offering up Teddy seems like a surefire way to get rid of the tall, handsome, unnerving man who won't stop getting under her skin. Ruthie doesn't count on the fact that in Teddy Prescott, the biddies may have finally met their match. He'll pick up Chanel gowns from the dry cleaner and cut Big Macs into bite-sized bits. He'll do repairs around the property, make the residents laugh, and charm the entire villa. He might even remind Ruthie what it's like to be young and fun again. But when she finds out Teddy's father's not only fixing up the retirement home to sell it, putting everything she cares about in jeopardy, she's left wondering if Teddy's magic was all just a facade. Okay, Mom, what did you think of Second First Impressions? What did I think of Second First Impressions? Ellen, I loved this book. Um, I will rebut that with a I freaking loved this book. I loved this book. I, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I loved this book. It's got just such a sweet charm about it. And I just, I mean, we'll talk about the characters more, but it just has... Kind of a wholesome, sweet, yeah. sweetness about it. Well, honestly, we were talking about it with my cousin, and, um, you know, she jokingly asked us about how much banging there is in it, and um, I was like, did they bang? Like, I don't even... Um, they did. Yes. I, as, when I was going back <laughs> making... Because here's the thing. I read it a few days ago, and then, you know, she's been here, and so I've, I kind of had to refresh my memory, because that's how I work, you guys. This is why... Brain you know, cells? Yeah. Only, only so many brain cells to give. Um, but I was like, did they have sex? But it's because it is so, yeah, it's like you're saying, it's so sweet. And, like, that's such a minimal part of why I loved the book that... Um, well, and even that is a is very closed door. and Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I... We're going to talk... I have a question about Sally Thorne's writing, so we're going to talk about that. And, in fact, it was, um, if it's one of those books that if it had a super graphic sex scene, it wouldn't have fit in with just yeah, the no, sweetness no. of the story. Um, okay. L- let's just dive in. What did you think of Ruthie as our heroine? I loved Ruthie. I think I almost kind of related a little to Ruthie. Yeah. Um, her little buttoned up church mouse kind of girl. Yeah. And... I don't know that I've ever... Who wears cardigans? Who wears cardigans? I do wear a lot of cardigans. Yeah. Um, in fact, I just lost a bunch of weight and had to rebuy all my cardigans. <laughs> and mom has like the entire rainbow of cardigans. I do. And I she'll even have... have like, you know, she needs her three quarter length. So she's got like two of every color because she needs a three quarter length and a full length. 
Um, Sleep. Yeah. I don't understand your problem. Anyway, um, I do love my cardigans. I I don't know why that's a thing, but I do. Um, But, you know, you're in your 50s. Are you saying that I'm too old to wear a cardigan? No, I'm saying you're in your 50s and she's... No, that's 25. true. Yes, yeah, so, that's very but true. But I was wearing a lot of cardigans at 25. Well, so. she even wears her glasses on a chain, which, yeah. you know. You don't no, even I do don't that. do that because I have to have them on all the time. Because <laughs> um, you can't see well. <laughs> I can't see a thing. Um, but, uh, no, I loved her. I love that when he first meets her, he mistakes her for an old lady because she wears all these, you know, vintage clothes. And yeah. um, I just... I think she was just a sweet, I mean, yes, she had a, she was, had growing to do, but I loved her whole, these are my first friends. And she's just so sweet about, I don't want to lose my friends. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really love her journey to realizing that she's a bit stuck and how, um, she had like real feelings about always getting left behind, whether that was the residents moving on in death, you know, yeah. and leaving her behind or her parents kind parents of... Parents kind of washing their hands of her. I mean, it yeah. was kind of a weird... Yeah. Um, and so, you know, finding people that weren't going to leave her behind, Teddy included. Yeah. You know, because... And she had a lot of, I think, uh, insecurities about that, which is why she struggled with Teddy. She had because... a lot of insecurities about a lot of things. Yeah, she did. Um, yeah, she's just... I really loved her. She's a total sweetheart. And yeah, we can identify. But she wasn't... Like, I mean, she was kind of buttoned up and closed up. But, but she wasn't prudish. She wasn't prudish. And she wasn't, you know, like, you know, if he swore in front of her, she didn't get all the gas. I mean, she wasn't, like, super she's caught a, up. She's a little naive, too. A little naive. Um, But, uh, yeah, I just, I really thought she was sweet. I can totally get on board with someone whose dating profile includes this line. Seeking patient, safe cuddlebug soulmate to tell me when my cardigan is buttoned crooked. <laughs> and then I love, like, towards the end when he's, he's like, like you're, oh, oh, your cardigan's <laughs> not buttoned straight. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah, she was really sweet. And, um, I, yeah, I liked that she is kind of this old soul who gets... I don't want to say trapped, but she gets a little bit stuck in a rut at a very young age. And, um, and yeah, if anything, I sometimes was like, maybe they should have been a little bit older so that, but then it gives them, you know, more, more less... time to enjoy each other yeah, in life. Which is what she says later, yeah. which is sweet. Um, okay. What did you think of Teddy as mm. our hero? Um, I was all about Teddy. Yeah. I love him. And I love Sally Thorne. She's because the three books, she's only written the three books, right? Yeah. Um, all three of the guys in her books are very different characters. Like, And all three of the heroines, I mean, right, like, are all very different. And the stories are very different. Yeah. And, but they're all, I mean, she, you got to give the gal credit for heaven's sakes. They're yeah. all great characters that are fun to read and, you know, fun journeys to go with on them, go on them with, go with them on. Sure. Anyway, you know, there's yeah. prepositions in there somewhere. <laughs> Some assortment of prepositions. <laughs> and, um, anyway, it's, I loved Teddy. Yeah. I love that he's like not your prototypical bad boy. I mean, he looks kind of like your prototypical bad boy, 
But he is, like, in fact, a cinnamon roll through well, and through. Well, and everyone's first impression is that he's the typical bad boy, which is, I think, where the yeah. know, name of the book comes from. But um, uh, he was he was just a sweetheart. And, yeah. you know, I kept thinking, he's not a typical hero. He needs to, like, get his life in order. And he does, but I, I, I just liked his journey as well. I yeah. liked him figuring out his life and I, I needed to be sure that he was on board with her and not just playing with her. Yeah. Well, whereas she was like having a very early, like kind of midlife crisis, he was having the arrested development, you know, like needed to get his life in order, life in order a little bit, but he's also just like a damaged little boy who needs a hug. Yeah, like definitely. You would, the more you learn about, you know, his childhood and the things he had been through, it was like, Oh, poor Teddy. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I love that he fit her dream guy criteria, but he didn't think he did. And he was, like, carrying around the list. Well, and she had the list, and he's like, none of these are me. And and in her mind, where we're getting her perspective, she just goes down the list, and every single one of them was exactly him. literally, when she's making the list, he's, like, sitting next to her, and she's just describing him. (laughs) And so he's like, oh, I'm none of these things. And she's like... Well, considering I wrote this list based on you, <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, and, yeah, and his confession of love to her about, like, when he's always prayed for, like, peace and then she comes along and she's kind of, like, his peace and quiet. And and um, I, I love, and I don't know that this is, maybe this is a question you're going to bring up later, but the thing I really liked about this book is they both had insecurities and they both had stuff going on. But they were very open with each other. I mean, they they didn't. That's what I keep a lot of secrets and a yeah. lot of hidden stuff, and and they're very open with one another. And I was here for it because I'm all about the communication. That's like, and I just reread um or re-listened to Hating Game and Ninety Nine Percent Mine, and I told mom that. I mean, like they're childish in Hating Game sometimes. They with their games and things like that. Um. But when it comes down to it, they're very open about, you know, what they're thinking and feeling. And they play a little coy throughout the book, but it's never like there's some big blow up and then they have to, you know, be silent, give each other the silent treatment or anything. Like, they have very adult conversations, like, and it feels very authentic. And I think that's the case here, too. Yeah. Is And so, I don't know, like, her... Well, because he asks her stuff and she's just like... I... I have to be honest with him. And she just tells him. I mean, yeah. you know, even, you know, about her feelings and stuff from her past. And, I mean, I really appreciate that because that's my biggest frustration with yeah. most romance novels. Her conflict resolution is very organic, right? Yeah. And it's not, um, I don't know, it doesn't feel forced or, like, trite. Like, sometimes we right. think it comes off. Um, this leads well into our next question. Let's talk about the Sally Thorne effect. What is it for you that, like, makes her writing special, other First than all, what we just talked about? It always makes, it always kind of takes me back, because she'll say something in a book, and I'll think, oh, yeah, she's from Australia. There's little, like, phrases and things, like when, like, the dishwashing liquid, and I can't remember what they call it now. The, but yeah, I... But, and it's like, what? Oh, yeah, that's right. She's from Australia. They call it something different there. And um, just little things like that, that... Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's right. She's so cute and from Australia. <laughs> um, but she, there's just 
And I think this is the same throughout her books is there's just a sweetness. There's just really a, um, and it's not, you know, one character is sweet trying to fix the other character where yeah. we get that a lot, but um, there's just a sweetness to her stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've decided she's kind of like my, my writing, like my writing ideal. Like I wish I could write like her. Well, Probably a lot of people do. Yeah, I know. But because <laughs> um, her writing is still very fun and light and, but yeah, sweet. And um, yeah, she, she, there's just something like sort of magical about her writing. And I have a hard time like pinpointing. It's very charming. Yeah. And it just kind of leaves, like I was reading it and I was just like, I just feel like fizzy throughout this entire yeah. book. Well, there's like, some people who really write banter really well. And there is that in this. And there's some people who write, you know, description really well. And there's some people, but she's just got like this whole package of just an enveloped and the story that just envelops you in yeah. just like, oh, I just love this, yeah. you know? And because they're very flirty and they do have good banter. And then they also, um, but also, like, her descriptions of things, and she uses a lot of, like, imagery and symbolism, things like that, to describe things, and it's, um, yeah, it's just kind of, it's all just kind of magical, and, like... It's like a warm cocoa kind of story. I mean, it just yeah. makes you feel good inside. Yeah. Um, I wrote down these two lines. I don't know why these lines, like, I was like, oh, yes, but just that description is so good. Um, but, like, when they're first making out and she's like, it's a privilege to smell his skin this close. Yeah. I was like, oh, yes. And then um, I always thought that love would feel like something gentle, but this isn't. I feel a clawing, desperate need to hold his heart in my hand and defend off anything that might damage it. And, I mean, that's a good line, but also, you know, sweet. That it makes you want to find a guy like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, like... Three for three for me because I know that this one is getting, like, some amount of mixed and then 99% mine also got some amount of mixed. Um, I freaking love all three of these books. Like, well, and top I think, tier. I think a lot of people read Hating Game and then want more Hating Game. And it's like... And like we said, they're, they're such different books. Like, I think they kind of... They, they elicit similar feelings and emotions, but, like story-wise and, like, the characters, like you were saying, they're all very different, very different people. And I, but I, I think if she wrote something just like Hating Game, it would be, okay, well, this is just another Hating Game. I mean, you, yeah. don't, you don't want that. And I think as an author, you don't want to do that. But um, I just, yeah, I've loved all three books and I am super impressed with her and her abilities, especially for such a young I mean, not young age-wise, but, like, hasn't written that many books. Yeah. Yeah. I just think she's great. And I don't know how old she is. Maybe she is young. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she's youngish. <laughs> youngish. Um, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, she's definitely auto-buy. And, and, you know, I was thinking about, you know, how much I loved this book. And I said, and I was thinking to myself, well, maybe part of it is... I actually, like, really wanted to read this book because I, I love her and I've loved her books. And, you know, sometimes I read a book and I'm like, I don't know why I didn't like it because maybe, so maybe it was just a timing thing. And in this one, I think the timing served me well because I was like, I really want to read this book. And 
I don't know, I don't exactly know why I loved it so much, but I freaking loved it. Well, in some books, I'm just forcing myself to finish. Even though I like the book, I just, you know, I'm trying to get it done for the podcast or whatever. But this one, it was just a joy to read, even though I was trying to get it done for the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, there are the three side characters I wanted to talk about. So we've got Melanie, Renata, and Aggie. Um, So Melanie. I really liked Melanie, but I would also get frustrated with her a little bit, mainly because... I, I love these two and I want them to get together. And Melanie was kind of always there like, you can do better. He's just going to leave, which I don't know. So I felt a little bit like um, Ruthie in this situation because I'm like, you just don't know him like I know him. Well, I think, I think though it was good for Ruthie to have someone there saying, you know. You need, pushing her out of her rut. Out of her shell yeah because otherwise she would just if she just slipped in with him and never even tried putting herself out there a little bit i mean it was just a little bit but enough that she realized oh there are guys who might be interested in me and well and i also think it you know and she tells melanie this at the end like your your method was about more than just dating it was getting me to live my life and i think you know she she needed the push from Melanie, not only for dating, but also for finding a job that was going to fulfill her more. And Well, and I helped, things. I think it helped Teddy realize, I don't want her going out with someone else. Yeah. I don't want her going out on these dates. Um, and I got total Aquafina vibes. Like, if they make a movie of this, <laughs> Aquafina needs to play Melanie. Yeah. Um, this is a line that Melanie says, he is a Lamborghini and you're a learner driver. You tap the gas and drive into a wall, hurting yourself. <laughs> um, and I just thought that was great. Um, but yeah, so all of the, so Melanie and the biddies, Renata and Aggie, they're, all of them are just trying to protect her because there's also so many times where they're like, what have I told you, Teddy? And he's like, yeah, I know, I need to leave her alone. <laughs> and um, so... It was sweet. I would get a little frustrated because I'm like, no, let them flirt and be in love. Like, what's going on, guys? But I also understand, like, as a friend who's looked at, you know, from the outside in uh, on well, relationships sometimes. And he and he was changing and evolving. And I think when he first got there, he was that kind of shallow yeah. guy that they should warn her off of. But yeah. I think as he grew and changed and, and really found he wanted something in life, you know, his tattoo place and her... Um, it was, you know, a way of, uh, helping him to realize with everyone warning her off him. And I think this is again, where the name of the book comes from, you know, it's, you know, I, I'm a different person now. Let me make a new impression. Well, and everybody is more than just like their exterior. She's more than a buttoned up cardigan girl. He's more than a covered in tattoos, long hair, um, smoke show. (laughs) Um, I also need to say, I totally saw Renata and Aggie thing. Oh, I saw that too. And I was like, why can't she see? Because they're (laughs) not acting like sisters. Yeah. I I was like, I think by the second hand holding, I was like, okay, so they're not just sisters. Well, little old ladies, I could see sisters doing that. But, um, I mean, I have sisters and no, I'm not like that with my sisters, (laughs) even as we get older. But, um, no, especially. Yeah. I was totally, I was like. These two are not... Well, and, like, the lingering looks and the, like, heads close to each other looking at each other. And and then especially once Renata was, like, getting angry about the prom and um, talking about her love that 
was forbidden and all these stuff. I was like, okay, so obviously there. Yeah, obviously. Um, but I loved, you know, Aggie. We don't like actually hear that much from. Um, she's just kind of always quietly there in the background, kind of being the Ruthie of of. Well, I loved when she pulled out her attorney. Like when they were getting ready to yeah. close the place and she went off on the turtles. I, I love her pulling out her attorney vibe. Yeah. But, um, but Renata is definitely the bigger character in definitely. that relationship. Um, and she was great. I, um, you know, if you're going to set your, uh, your book in a retirement community, you need a sassy old lady, I think. is. And she was fantastic. Yeah. Speaking of that, I... Love this as a setting. Um, what did you think, kind of, of the fight to save the retirement community and that aspect? Of- I I loved this as a setting. I loved the picture of the turtles all over the place, tortoises all Tort- over, and um, and the mini Gracelands. The like Graceland had kittens. The, the, yeah, that's just another like all these are things that just kind of make her writing like really vivid and yeah and and the way they describe it just this beautiful place with the lake and you know the lawns and it just sounded amazing and and I like I love that all of her books kind of have this like icon right like hating game has smurfs and strawberries um 99% mine kind of has like tigers and I don't know (laughs) tools and then uh this one's got like tortoises and old ladies. Like, I was just getting, first of all, this is always a plus in my book, but I was getting Golden Girls vibes, like, all the way through. <laughs> even from her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even, she was, like, a Blanche throw. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I just thought it was really fun and not, I don't, I don't recall reading a romance set in there, but I thought it was the perfect setting for um, this girl who's kind of getting left behind by life. Well, a and I love the old ladies putting him through his paces, you know, and, yeah. and him just taking it and going along with it, and that being endearing to her, you know, that that he's made it two weeks with her, yeah. or you know, two months or whatever with these ladies. Well, and um, you know, where one of her items is generous, and he's like, I'm the least generous person I'm in the, the most world. selfish person there and is. And she's like, you just spent an entire day, you know. Cutting Big Macs for people. Yeah, or entertaining a bunch of old people at a pool, or yeah. whatever. And she's like, that's what I think of as... That cool thing. Generosity, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about kind of the conflict that is quasi there I think it's pretty minimal it's pretty minimal and I knew for a fact it wasn't I mean even right away she's like I'm I'm gonna go to him you know it was yeah and I knew that he was probably gonna show up at that Christmas well because she had been building towards the realization that she needed to make a change change um but and I like that when it came down to it and they kind of have this blow up I guess for lack of a better phrase but um, where he's like, just come with me, leave this place and come with me. And she's like, I can't leave these people. They need help. I can't just walk out on them. Yeah. But she's still thinking like, but I recognize that I need to eventually leave, right. but I can't leave them right now in this moment kind of thing. Um, and so that's what, you know, when we're talking about kind of adult conflict resolution this kind of felt more along those lines where 
um, you know, she's like, I can't do it right now. And then, you know, is like, and he kind of reverts back to us. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm gone. Yeah. And, um, you know, and she's like, just stay and fight with me. So it was this, there was definitely a conflict. Yeah. But they both overcame it. Pretty yeah. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. And, um, I mean, him cutting his hair broke my heart. Mm. But, um, yeah. And I love when he makes up with Rose and it would be really hard to hold a grudge against that freaking yeah, cinnamon roll. Terrible to him. Sweetheart. Too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, 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 res- but, and also, um, uh, Ruthie kind of instigated that whole thing by telling his sister, he loves you. He worked so hard to try to please you and yeah. you know, you give him nothing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the resolution was always like written on the wall. Like I, you, we always knew how this was yeah. gonna go. Um, but it was still sweet. And like when he shows up with his haircut and it was kind of a grease ending, you know, where they yeah. both kind of show up. He, sh- <laughs> yeah. Where he shows, John Travolta up. shows up in the letterman jacket and she shows up dressed like a slut. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Ruthie didn't, well, she didn't dress like a slut, but she did dress up. She was, yeah. Lambed her. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought it was, I thought it was sweet. And like we said, I thought I always really like just how she handles Big kid conversations, yeah. yeah. You know? Um, I wrote down this line: "Tidy, messy, give, take, adore, adory. Together, we can be all these things." Because you have these, um, you know, things throughout the book. These descriptors that they they keep getting described as well, and people keep pigeonholing relationships, yeah. and it's like, well, in relationship holding them, yeah, there's and, always an adore and an adoree, and it's like, well, in a real relationship, both of you are both of those things, yeah, and um, and in a real relationship, both of you give and take. I mean, and, and in both a, of you are tidy and messy in different yeah. situations. And oh my gosh, <laughs> my husband's more, oh, he drives me crazy, but he's not messy. He just leaves stuff around. He's kind of messy. Yeah. But and he's a little bit of a hoarder. Yeah, he is a bit of a hoarder. But and a hoarder on my kitchen counter, which makes me a little crazy. Yeah. But but in a real relationship, both of you are givers and takers, and both of you are adorers and adorees. And yeah. um you know, both of you are messy and tidy in your own ways. And I think both, you know, real and literally and metaphorically, I think. And um I think that that's what she realizes is that, you know, that's, that's what a real relationship is, is, yeah. it, is not just one and the other. It's both of you are both or all of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was good with all the conflict. Um, let's talk about sex, baby. We've sort of already touched on it. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I honestly forgot that they had sex because it was such a little part of what I loved about the book. Yeah. But. Um, well, and it wasn't, it wasn't completely closed door, but it was, um, it was talked about in very tame version of yeah. a sex scene. Um, I wrote down this line though, cause I loved this whole pat. There's like a whole passage, but I didn't, uh, type out the whole thing. But, um, I thought he'd be suave and dark eyed smooth, unhooking my bra with a fingertip, but he's not the Caf- Casanova I always assumed he'd be. Teddy's a hot mess in bed, but I mean it in the best possible way. And she talks about him getting, like, distracted by her freckles <laughs> and, uh, you know, starting on one button and then, like, going, just 
going all over the place <laughs> she's with like, the, he does the top two and then one in the middle and, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know just that whole it was all just so because usually our guy our heroes are very you know like they worldly wise and they're so good at sex and yeah it's not that he wasn't good at the sex it's just that he was he was just like himself he had his own personality in bed yeah. and it was cute to and read he and was, it was a, actually a little bumbling and it yeah, was it was cute and a little overcome by all the feelings he was having well and her sex. whole thing about he you know i bet he laughs during sex and and you know he kind of does and yeah i think that's by the way the best kind of sex where yeah. you're having a good time yeah um so i just like everything else in the book i just thought the sex was sweet and the way she described it was sweet yeah and um it, it really went with the rest of the book yeah um okay what was your swindiest moment okay i have a couple okay but i'm afraid i'm gonna take yours probably but go ahead okay i loved the pool scene okay i loved the whole that's one of my honorable mentions. So okay, okay, okay. Because I've got another one, and if it's not yours, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it afterwards. I've got another honorable mention. Okay. But I just loved how, you know, she was kind of uncomfortable with. <laughs> she's like, you have to close your eyes while I get out of the pool. <laughs> Which I we, get that we've all been there. Yeah. And um, just because that's not a cute angle, <laughs> and just not a good look with a wet, clingy everything. Yeah. But um. Just that whole conversation that they have in the pool and where, you know, he, it all kind of melts away and they're getting closer and closer to yeah. each other. And it's just. Well, and that, that is precluded with him, um, uh, being all sweet with old people. And hamming pool. it up, you know, yeah. with, with them doing the water aerobics and it was really cute. A cute scene. Yeah. Mine is the changing room. I was my honorable mention. <laughs> At the thrift shop. Um, I, first of all, that's like where they first get like hot and heavy a little bit and um i wrote down this line where he goes into the changing room and he says it hurts that you don't know you're lovely exactly how you are you don't need to change you don't need to put on a dress like it's going to fix something you don't have anything that needs fixing and um yeah i love well the whole thing where the guy or i can't kurt kurt at the vintage shop is is hitting on her and it's just making him like like Growl. You better watch yourself, mm-hmm. buddy. <laughs> yeah. um, and then when they're getting hot and heavy in the changing room and she's, like, fisting his hair, um, he's like, you're so f- horny for my hair. I knew it. <laughs> and I just love that. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just, I I liked that scene. It was, yeah, it was sweet. Good. And also, you know, we get our first taste of hot. So um, I liked And then the whole vision of him walking into the Christmas dance with his haircut and everything. Like, yeah. I mean, I miss the long hair, but a well-groomed guy. Yeah, mom likes that. Um, yeah, so just, it's, I mean, I read it in one sitting in part because I needed to, but also because I was just like, I was just in love. I loved it. It was, it was great. Um, okay. We're going to take a quick break for some business. When we come back, we'll be reading your thoughts on second first impressions. So stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. It's been a while since I've done that. (laughs) Yeah, it's been nice. (laughs) Um, so the only bit of business that we have today is uh, announcing the winner for the Around the World with Romance Challenge that we have going on over 
on the Facebook group, courtesy of Jessica, which we appreciate her and we do love appreciate her. For her. It. Um, so this is the winner for March, which was Central and Southern Asia. It includes Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, all the stands, a lot of the stands, India, Nepal, um, Maldives, Sri Lanka. Um, so, Mom, why don't you tell us who the winner is for March? The winner for March is Ashley Kessler. All right, Ashley, congratulations. Um, if you want to participate in April's, which is going on now for a little... For three more days. For a little bit longer. (laughs) Um, it's Southern Europe. So, uh, you know, there's a lot more for that. There's Croatia, Cyprus, Albania, Italy, Andorra, Bosnia, Malta, Herzegovina, Portugal, (laughs) Spain, all those, you know, there's lots, there's lots of options there. Um, so go participate there, uh, you know, read a book and let Jessica know what, what you've been reading. Vatican City. Are there a lot of romances set in Vatican City? I don't, maybe you'd be surprised. <laughs> well, wasn't, uh, I, I can't, uh, Da Vinci Code, didn't they go to Vatican City? I don't know how much of a romance that is, though. So. I don't know. Don't they, don't they kind of, I don't know. I can't remember. Tom Hanks. I didn't read it. I only saw the movie. You didn't read it? No. Such a good book. Um, okay. So that is the Around the World that is challenge. It. And we uh, appreciate everybody participating. It's and hardly worth the song. I think it's worth the song. <laughs> and I bet the people agree. Um, so we'll see you for the next break, break segment. And yeah, we'll see you then for the next break song. You're welcome, world. <laughs> Welcome back. So you've heard what we think about second first impressions. We are obviously in the pro column. Um, Let's hear from some of you on what you thought. Uh, First, we have an email from Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. Um, He says, hey, Ellen and Mom, this was an interesting read. I wasn't sure how much I would like it at first because of the sluggish first act. Arthur is not the only one to mention this. Um... And I, I think that's a kind of across the board. Sally Thorne's books do have a little bit of a slower start. Well, they're definitely a slow burn. And this was definitely a slow burn. Yeah. And because like um, when I was rereading 99% Mine, I was like a good percent of the way through. And, the, and he hasn't even shown up yeah, yet. Yeah, the hero didn't even, hadn't even shown up yet. So um, I don't know if that's just her style or or what but yeah she does tend to have a little bit of a slower start um i i don't hate it but it is a little I, I, it is a little strange pacing wise because i think we're used to a certain thing and then it's like oh it doesn't bother different. me though in any of the books so yeah. um arthur continues the difficulty i had in connecting with ruthie and teddy and the initial lack of chemistry between them it didn't help that i kept comparing it to the hating game in the back of my head over the course of the book, however, I grew to be more invested in their slow burn, friends to lovers dynamic, and in their personal arcs, particularly Ruthie's. It was enthralling to fi- follow her inner j- journey as she learned to lower her shields and recognize her self-worth. Um, Mel- Melanie and the uh, 
Pellerinis. Is that how we were saying Pellerini. it? Um, make up a lovable, quirky, supporting cast that adds to the book's generally sweet and easygoing tone. As for the conclusion, it feels like it squeezes too much content into those final chapters in an attempt to wrap up all the plot lines. All in all, this book isn't without its flaws, and it won't be everyone's cup of tea, but I was able to enjoy it after readjusting my expectations. I also commend Sally Thorne for taking a fresh approach to her latest romance instead of trying to recycle her previous work. And last but not least, Frankenfries, an edible hodgepodge that's simultaneously abominable and fascinating. <laughs> Thank you for reading this, and I can't wait to hear you discuss second first impressions. Sincerely, Arthur. Thank you, Arthur, as always. Um, yeah, I can see all of that. Obviously, I think we... By the way, the Frankenfries did not appeal to me, but I could see them appealing Mama's to you. Mama's not like a... Yeah, Mama's not a fries person. I'm not a French fries person. Um, My favorite fries are In-N-Out Burger, which is, I know, mostly a California thing, but they're well-done fries. If you don't ever try their well-done fries, they're so much better. Mom likes a, a crispy fry. Um, I... So, I mean... Listen, I could hang with Frank and fries. I would at least try it. Um, here's the thing. Sometimes when you put a bunch of stuff on top <laughs> of fries, they get a little too soggy for my taste. I, know. I don't like um, soggy fries at all. That's why I like yeah. mine well done. Um, I, I don't like well done, but I do like a stiff fry. <laughs> Among other things. Um... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and there's my feelings on French fries. You don't fries. like a limp fry? No. Not a limp fry. Limp fries are bad. No. Tell your friends. Okay. <laughs> um, Laura says, I really, really enjoyed it. Sally Thorne's books to me have a cartoonish feel that I like a lot. Yes. <coughs> um, I agree. And I think that's kind of like... You know, and Laura's got, like, a turtle emoji at the end of hers, and I think that's kind of, like, what I mean with she's got all these kind of symbols and yeah. themes that kind of go through her books, and I think that's kind of what adds to that cartoonish feel that Laura's talking about. Um, Tiernan says, I loved this book. I work in senior living, so this story was close to my heart. At first, I wasn't sure how Sally Thorne was going to get me to love Teddy and Ruthie, but she did. However, the real stars of this book were Aggie and Renata. The Hating Game will always be my absolute favorite, but this was just wonderful. Yeah. Ashley says, loved, loved, loved it. Sally has a way of making me feel totally immersed in a story like I'm the main character. I really related to Ruthie as someone who hates being the center of attention and tends to withdraw. I've also dated a Teddy before, so I was kind of uh, an anti-HEA with him because I didn't really trust him. But he won me over in the end. The only thing I didn't 100% buy into was the end. It felt a bit rushed with Rose and Teddy, and I would have liked it to be drawn out a bit more. The supporting characters were A++. Overall, I really enjoyed this one. Um, yeah, I, th with Rose and Teddy, it is, like, kind of a, a mega happy ending. Um, but I think it's kind of like what she says, where she's like, it's been really hard to hate you. I mean, I think, I think it has been a long time coming, but we just haven't yeah, seen, seen it on, on the page. Um, if they'd drawn it out too much, though, that would have bugged me, too, because I would have been yeah. like, I want to get back to, you know, Teddy and Ruthie. I yeah. don't want to just focus on Rose and Teddy. Yeah. 
Catherine says, I went into this one not knowing anything. In fact, I accidentally had the plot of the next Beth O'Leary book in my head because I requested my library to buy both on the same day back in January when someone in this group kindly let me know about the upcoming books. Um, Ruthie is incredible. In terms of Sally Thorne's characters, she has the sticking power of Joshua Templeman. I wonder how many people will come after me for saying that. No, I... Yeah. I agree. I think she makes, in general, makes really good, memorable characters. Um, definitely nominating her for heroine of the year. It's a good, good call. Um, if you were to describe her, she might sound like a common character archetype we see in romance, but in the actual book, she felt so specific and I just adored her. And the turtles. I could have used more turtles to be aged. <laughs> um, I didn't always agree with Melanie, but I deeply resonated with her need to eat by lunch, uh, to eat lunch by 10 a.m. LOL. Uh, love Aggie and Renata, but would be slightly terrified to work for them. Um, yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with your comment about, you know, she sounds like a common character archetype, but that, um, we see in romance, but she's very specific. And I think that's across the board for all of her characters. Like all of them, you know, he's a bad boy, quote unquote, but then there's so much more to him and she's a churchy type. But there's so much more to her. Yeah, and... A buttoned-up mousy type. And, yeah. yeah. I, I thought she was a great character. And like we said, I love that she wasn't, like, prudish or yeah. uptight. She was just... That's just the way she was because she was brought up yeah. that way. Um, Rhea says, I defy anyone to try to not like Sally Thorne's characters. I feel like she writes them with such grace and humanity and gives them each a character arc worthy of who they are, and the writing is pristine. I haven't encountered another romance author who writes dialogue and description as effortlessly and with such a clear voice as Sally's. Yeah, I agree. She says, the romance always hinges on a slow-growing affection between the characters that feels so authentic. I loved the cozy roommate-like interactions and how obvious Teddy always was in stating his feelings for Ruthie. They were both just so charming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we didn't even talk about, like, all the... The living arrangements. Yeah, and, you know, him laying on her lap and... Well, and her sitting in the bathtub and him having a conversation with her through the wall. <laughs> yeah. And talking about how they need to work out a bathroom schedule, so... And how he'd get all horny every time he could hear the water running in her bathtub. <laughs> yeah. And them watching that, you know, Heaven Sent show together, which I was getting, like, Seventh Heaven vibes from, um, which is also kind of funny because... The dad in that also was uh, accused of church dads. sexual harassment allegations. Um, but yeah, totally agree, Rhea. Like, with just with his, with her writing, I mean, is just yeah. so good. Um, Cassie says, I loved this book. The characters were quirky, but not in an annoying way. Both main characters grew on me as the story went on. The slow burn was so well done, it made the entire book swoon-worthy. The ending was maybe tied up a little too neatly, but I really enjoyed the reading experience from start to finish with this one. Yeah. Concur. Um, here we have Jennifer... And her starts with unpopular opinion. Oh, Jennifer. <laughs> I thought it was a big fat meh. I listened to the audio and that may have been a factor, but I can't pinpoint exactly why I didn't enjoy it more. I liked Ruthie's dedication to her job and the residence. I also liked how she blossomed, but the girl was dense. I knew Sylvia was bad news from the first ignored email. I also figured that she was responsible for the earlier theft, so there was no surprise to those reels, reveals for me. Sisters, please. That was obvious early on, too. 
Yeah, I will agree with you on that one. Teddy, who I'm sure is a beautiful specimen, was a little too quirky for my taste. I found him sweet and dedicated, but he was too aloof at the beginning. The story was good, but nothing stood out to make it remarkable for me. Um, Sylvia, I didn't necessarily I didn't see. Well, when the auditor showed up and said there was a discrepancy, I was like, okay, Sylvia's the one that's been doing this, yeah. obviously. I didn't get that from the first uh, ignored email, though, and right. maybe that's just me. Well, if I'm also... I was on a cruise, I would not be answering work emails. Yeah, oh, my <laughs> gosh. This is a story. I, I went to a Tom Petty concert, and just weirdly enough, my principal at the time, because I was, it was when I was working, because Tom Petty is no longer with us, R.I.P. Tom Petty. Yeah. And, um... My principal was at the um, same concert, and we had talked about it at work, and we were both super excited to go see him. And and um, so Monday morning, I get to work, and I'm checking my emails, and there's an email from him on Friday night at the concert. He sent me an email. Where are you guys sitting? <laughs> so, to your work email. To, to my work email. And so I was talking to him later that day, and I was like, um, I'm not a weirdo that checks my work email on Friday night when I'm at a concert. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know. I was like, you have my number. You could have texted me. He's like, I just, I wasn't even thinking. So anyway, I was just like, what kind of a weirdo texts someone through a work email yeah. <laughs> while they're at a concert? Um, so I, I guess I am also dense a little bit because I did not see the Sylvia thing coming. I didn't see it coming. And, but then as soon as they um but like you said when the auditor is like there's a problem i'm like okay well sylvia's obviously taking the yeah. money and then i like oh she's known sylvia for a long time she, i bet sylvia is the one that took the other money yeah. so then it all kind of came into place but i wasn't i didn't really see it coming and i didn't yeah. fault her for not answering work emails while she was on a cruise yeah um yeah so uh you know, you're you're entitled to your opinion, Jennifer. No. <laughs> but you might be wrong. No, but I know, and there's another person, I think there's at least one other person who kind of is in the same boat as Jennifer, and um, I know that there's people who don't love Hating Game. And What? Yeah, there are. What? I think that some of them are in this group. In uh... fact, um, yeah, there was a conversation, I think it was with Shannon, who I was talking to on the group, and she didn't love it um and i had it and i was just like no judge judgment free but why like <laughs> what's wrong with you <laughs> are you mental <laughs> sorry no, but no it's i don't mean to be rude yeah everyone's being, in entitled you're, you're being a little rude because well, um, there's also books that we have not liked that other people have that's true so it's just different strokes for different folks you know that's right um get your own podcast jeez <laughs> mom People say I play bad coffee. Um, Raquel says, oh my, what a beautiful story. Such a happy, lovely book. Pure perfection. If anything, it was too perfect. <laughs> yeah, see, this is more my, more my speed. Uh, the conflict was pretty much non-existent and it felt rushed at the end. But who says we need to suffer in every single book, right? That being said, I loved Ruthie and Teddy on their own and together. Teddy was the most adorable, cinnamon man-child. Um, I will definitely nominate him for Book Boyfriend of the Year. I also loved, loved, loved the Parlorinis and the reveal uh, at the end. Um, and Mel and her Sasaki method. I'd read a book about Mel and enroll in her method. I loved the hating game and second first impressions didn't disappoint. Now I'm looking forward to catching up and reading... Um, 99% mine. Do it. I, I love that book. Sally Thorne is a very talented writer. She's on her way to becoming an auto-buy for me. Yeah. 
She's, I think she's, she already is an auto yeah, buy for she's us. An auto buy for me for sure. Um, Amy says, I'm only 60% through the book, so I wanted to post now in case I don't finish it before you record the podcast. First of all, Sally Thorne is amazing. Each of her books is so uniquely different, and I love them all. I had to note some lines from Second First Impressions that made an impression. Um, men are all part of one big penis club. Yeah. (laughs) Is he not very bright? Oh, dear. Beauty fades. Um, unfurl that hair, Rapunzel. It occurs to me that vampires don't need to be invited in. Uh, enter. (laughs) Lunchtime wine is a beautiful thing. Um, all I know is nothing in life feels that bad when I'm eating carbs and fat. Everything will work out because of cheese. (laughs) Uh, Um, can't wait to finish this book. Uh, yeah, those are all great. There, there was, I highlighted a lot in this book. Um, I just, yeah, like I said, just her writing is just magical to me. Um, Paige says, I'm really enjoying Ruthie as a heroine. Her quirkiness and old soul vibes hit very close to home. LOL. I'm having trouble liking Teddy, though. I know, I know. Apparently, I'm about the only one with this issue. I think it is because his father and sister and ex-girlfriend have all said he is a user slash charmer. If only his family had said this, I would have thought, well, that's just his family. But then the ex-girlfriend comes in and says the same thing. So the entire time he is interacting with Ruthie, I can't tell if he is sincere or he is just charming his way as he has done in the past. Consequently, I cannot really enjoy their interactions. Being a romance book, it has to be the former, but his background is making me doubt his actions slash words to the point that I can't really like slash trust him. Trying to make myself finish the book to see how this resolves. I, at the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to see some changes here before I'm on board with him and Ruthie. Because, But that scene where he sees the ex-girlfriend and she's pregnant, that was pretty funny. Yeah. She's like, we dated six years ago. This is not your child. <laughs> Calm down. Get a, get a calendar, Teddy. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, I, I kind of chalk it up to they're 25 or something right. like that. And so... The fact that he hasn't been super stable is not a deal breaker to me. And just, I mean, he is, like, pretty committed to her from jump. Yeah. And it's like I said, when he has that confession of his love and to her and how he said, you know, like, when I was a child growing up and I was on in this in- unstable environment all the time, I would, like, pray for some peace and quiet and like and stability. I found that in you like and so I think he's just been kind of hopping around trying to find that and then you know finds her there she was and it's sweet um but I I get where you're coming from Paige I I think that's founded um Ashley says I really loved this book Sally is so deft at writing vastly different and complex characters she has this bright voice that intertwines comedy and serious subjects so well I was smiling so much while I read it but also ached for Ruthie's struggles and I haven't even mentioned Teddy uh Teddy could charm the pants off me any day and I'd be happy about it (laughs) all in all this was a total five star read for me I also gave it five stars and I do not do that very often I gave it five stars as well um Shannon who I mentioned didn't love hating game. She says, so apparently the magic of Sally Thorne is lost on me. I also listened to the audio version. I do think that could be an issue. Because both the people who didn't like it very much. Yes. Listened instead of reading it. Um, and I, I do think that there's something just like kind of special about her writing that maybe is lost. On- gets a little lost on audio. Uh, however, I listened to hating game when we did it for the podcast. Um, cause I was on a road trip. 
to your house. I just listened to Hayden Gaiman 99% Mind, but not for the first time. Yeah. Um, but I still loved it. Uh, but I could see, though, where, you know, some of the nuances would be lost. Well, and, you know, people have said that the beginning is a little slow, so maybe if if you're listening to it, maybe it loses you earlier on than... Yeah. If you were reading it. Anyway, Shannon continues. Similar to my unpopular opinion of The Hating Game, I appear to have the unpopular opinion of this book as well. I didn't hate this book, but I felt it was just okay. I can't seem to equate both sides of Ruthie's character. She is this by-the-book admin, but she doesn't question the weird practices of her boss. Teddy is also this weird combo of differences. Other than the mention that he has kink for neat and tidy girls, nothing in his past or present would suggest he would have any attraction to a girl like Ruthie. I just had trouble finding the chemistry there. It was a cute story, but I felt it just lacked any real substance. Reminds me of a Hallmark movie. Hey now, hey now. Um, <laughs> everything all works out peachy in the end, but you don't, uh, there's, you don't really learn anything. What happened with that call with her parents would, would have loved to have heard her boss get her comeuppance, and maybe a nice family moment for all the Prescott family together. In the end, it was okay, but there was no real depth for me. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have minded hearing her tell her father, hey, by the way, Sylvia's the one that sold the money. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I do have, I have a problem with, well, I don't know. I have a problem with people who confess to be men of God and then turn on their family, you know, members yeah. like at the freaking job. Of a yeah. Hat. It's like, um, how godlike is that? I mean, that's yeah. not very, um, and then, you know, I will say to Shannon's comment, she is this by the book admin, but she doesn't question the weird practices of her boss. I think she's, I mean, it's established that she's kind of a naive girl right. and she enters her first job and that's... Didn't go to college. She's and been she, working there since she was 19. And she's told that this is how it goes. Like, I would just be like, okay, then this is how it goes. Yeah. I guess. Um, so, I, I bought into that. Okay. Um, Jen, but like I said, entitled to your opinion. Yeah. I disagree, but you're entitled <laughs> to your opinion. Um, Jen says, I really like Second First Impressions. This book is so sweet, charming, and just a great big hug. It is not dramatic and fiery like her other books have been. I enjoyed this pace, but I think some people will be disappointed. The book still has Sally's unique voice and quirky, endearing characters that you root for. I loved the theme of give and take in the story. Ruthie is a giver, and Teddy has traditionally been a taker. When you see Teddy giving so much of himself to Ruthie and helping her get out of her shell, you know that he is in love. I love the way they used his tattoos to kind of... Show his generosity. Yeah. And then... But also some of his Selfishness, take. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and I think um, that kind of goes along with what somebody was saying about, like, the kind of two sides of every people. And I think that also kind of goes along with what we were talking about earlier. It's like nobody is just one thing, especially in a relationship. I right. think everybody is a little bit of everything. everything yeah. And depending on the situation and things. Um, Finally, Juliet says, I loved this book. It took me a second to get into Teddy, but into, but Teddy was so unexpectedly sweet and had big golden retriever energy. Yes, definitely. Yes. Um, Ruthie frustrated me for a long time since she was unwilling to change, but given her experiences, I can see why she was hesitant. Also, um, Teddy caring for the tortoise was adorable. I love to watch them both grow up and grow together throughout the book. After the magnificence that was the hating game and my unpopular dislike of 99% mine. You guys. Um, I didn't know where I'd fall with this one, but 
I was just the, it was just the fluffy story I needed this week. Yeah. I think this is going to do, it is a fluffy. Well, it's a good, you know, COVID story. It's yeah. like, there's no angst. It's, it's pretty easy. And, yeah. but, um, that scene where they're having him run around the lake and he keeps running. He's like, you want me to go again? Okay. And he goes again. <laughs> and they're just like carrying on a conversation and he's just out there running. <laughs> again? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely big golden tree. Yes. Um, yeah. So final thoughts. I, I just loved it. I, and yeah, it's like I said, I can't quite pinpoint why I loved it. I just think that there's, for me, there's just something. Well, and it's not like, I mean, if it's not like a big dramatic, um, you know, story, it's just a sweet Yeah, I mean, like, the reasons I love this book are very different than the reasons I love Longshot, where it's just like, oh my gosh, that book just, like, sucker punches you. This book is just... Yeah, it's like a sweet little hug of a book. Yeah. Um, So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Second First Impressions by Sally Thorne. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are at NotYourMom'sRom, our subreddit, not your mom's subreddit, or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On May 3rd, can you believe it's May? We will be discussing The Invitation by Vi Keeland. Um, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, keep them coming, Sally Thorne. Yeah, I definitely, definite auto buy. So I will, we will keep buying them on Mom's account. All right. <laughs> thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.